Yakmala! Yakmala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I am pleased be, to be joined by my friends. My friends, in, in, including Nick Boxer. Greetings and salutations. I occasionally like to watch a movie, so I think I'm in the right place. Yes, yes, I do believe you are. And James Cotta. That's uh, Councilman Cotta to you. Councilman Cotta, looking for mayor. To, uh, I'm, I'm, use, I'm using my leverage of this uh, show to, to run for mayor. Perfect, perfect choice. Mm-hmm. And Jack Hall, what are you trying to run from? Well, I get the feeling that if we were actually going to the uh, drive-in, that I'd be the one you guys would vote would have to sneak in through the trunk to not pay. <laughs> I think we'd notice. Well, we Somebody would notice. We wouldn't be going to the drive-in, man. No, we, we, we were just tricking you to get in the trunk. Selling me, are you? Then, then we drive the car off the cliff. That's <laughs> and then we go to the movies, but yeah, yeah. not the drive-in. <laughs> Uh, yes, well, so here we are, here we are, it's season 17, enter the Octagon 2, Octagon Harder, and we have Jim to thank for our, for our latest misadventure. Jim, tell us. Yes, this is, uh, so we are in the Octagon where, uh, eight season themes battle it out, uh, this one being called Let's All Go to the Lobby, and, uh, this film is uh, really. I just wanted a way to get this film into the uh, the octagon, purely, f- uh, uh, really based on uh, on uh, pedigree. Um, now, this uh, this film um, is the film that uh, uh, that is responsible for the movie within a movie of uh, Hard Rock Zombies, uh, which, as uh, as the listeners uh, know is the uh, top of the octagon currently. So we certainly wanted to, I certainly wanted to uh, see what its parents looked like. Basically this feels like it's uh, if not that it like it's, it's either it's dad or maybe it's foster father or uh, <laughs> crazy uncle. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, probably, probably the uncle that takes you into the back and, uh, and, you know, touches you in inconvenient, improbable places. Yes. And, and if, and that that scene's not in the movie is a bit surprising given everything else that it is. It's absolutely <laughs> right. So. so it's important then that people know ahead of time, it's nothing like hard rock zombies, but rapier. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's have Nick tell us just how rape. <laughs> yes, please, okay, please uh, explain American Drive-In. <laughs> sure, uh, this is a movie that celebrates the drive-in. It consists of a bunch of vignettes of people in the cars doing things that people do at the drive-in. You have the old ladies that can't hear the movie. You've got uh, the mayor trying to catch these damn kids with their marijuana, and you got the gay cowboys and you have the young couple who is in love being hassled by a gang of rapists and you got a guy the typical things you see at a driving like you say girl trying to get laid and it's just a bunch of vignettes and at the end the stories sort of miraculously sort of come together and are all concluded at the same time in 
uh, crash-up derby type situation combined with the third showing of a film or the third feature of, a, of the drive-in. Um, it's fun. You got hard rock zombies on the screen for the entire thing. Curiously shown out of order, which I found kind of distracting. Like, hey, that didn't happen until way later in the movie. But, oh, well. Um, it was fun. I liked this movie. It was actually really genuine. So, It was an odd thing that they basically wrapped up the movie, you know, about 75 minutes in and then had a completely, uh, you know, had, had something happen that was like, oh, wow, you went off in a completely different direction for the last, like, 15 minutes of it. Yeah, I, but I actually found, like, even, even the, like, lesser storylines sort of played into that. I I thought it kind of worked. Totally. <laughs> it's a really weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to like sit around. <laughs> like... T- t- tonally, it's a really strange, strange movie. Um, I think that's, that is like the, it's like getting the bends watching this film because you have these bits that are super, um, like silly comedy and like the the little person who is his character is an actor that's in Hard Rock Zombies so it's like this meta thing of like it's an actor playing an actor who's playing uh, a Nazi uh, midget in uh, Hard Rock Zombies Phil, Phil Fondacaro <laughs> is one of my absolute favorite B-movie actors he's he's in Troll he's also in, uh, in one of the uh, Ghoulies movies like he shows up all the time. He's wonderful in these in these movies. So you know, I'm always happy when I get a chance to see him. And he's so he's so genuine as this character that he's like he's at the drive-in watching himself in the movie, and he's commenting on like just how good he is in the movie. I was born for this role. Uh, yeah, as as he, as he winds up being on top of the cow and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> and and then there's that. There's that really earnest moment, you know, of the part where he's in the uh, in getting the popcorn and and he doesn't have any money because, of course, he was in Hard Rock Zombies. So I mean, yeah. or, or sorry, Hard Ock Zombies, Hard Ock Zombies. Yep. See, so you have that, and then you have this like kidnapping, rape, attempted murder of her boyfriend story that is like it's like they mashed up. Uh, Time Bandits and Last House on the Left. Yeah. <laughs> like it's <laughs> the two, like just the the tone shifts in this film are just so amazing, just so gigantic. <laughs> and it's really too bad because everything that wasn't the the like the girl and her boyfriend and the raping and the and the gang and stuff like that, I really liked and I really wanted to see more of a lot of these characters because they were funny and and they were always. You know, and it was always something new going on, but the but the main, you know, kind of through line of the movie was this rape, and it was just like, wow, I, and I and everybody knew it was going to happen going in. I mean, it's just like like you could see, hey, Beaver, and it's just like, yeah, she's gonna get raped. You know, it's just like I can see that from the first five minutes of the story, and there you go. Yeah, to explain that, hey, Beaver line, the. They're, the the couple is driving down the road, and uh, the gang members who all have their own cars and use CB radios, which is amazing. Um, they see her as she passes by in the van, 
having seen her right shoulder and the and the right side of her face, obsess about her for the entire rest of the film. Because <laughs> this woman is the hottest thing they have ever seen, judging by the upper part of her arm. <laughs> Side of her face and her hair. Because, yeah, because there's this <laughs> there's this moment where where like of course she she's out there at the hospital, and so the gang is still at the uh, at the drive-in, and then for some reason they the gang found women at the drive-in to go and be in their cars, <laughs> and and all I can think of is just like hey, you know. That woman could probably is probably better looking, and and I'll bet you she's way more willing to put out. Why don't you just go with her? <laughs> they do seem more interested in the raping than they are in the yeah. They committed togetherness. Yeah, once they've committed to the to yeah, it's really like they're together. just that was the whole thing. Yeah, they're, I mean their loyalty to each other is is one of the linchpins of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't think I've ever seen a gang where they all drive individual cars. It's just like it's really <laughs> well, it's, I mean, yeah. Especially given that they're all like, and they're all a really weird, different kind of person in the gang. It's it's not like it's a consistent look. No, every one of them is looks completely different from the other. They're just buddies. They get along so well that it, they know that they've never even had an argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been friends for years. They're just they're so tight. You know, you know, family that rapes together stays together. I don't know. They they seem to have a they they have their own groove. <laughs> Man, what a weird movie that is. Um, <laughs> and then you have with councilman who's uh, who's trying to uh, bust the drug ring. The T ring. Uh, yep. The T. Yes. Yes. He's calling, he's calling it T. Um, and he, like. That's probably the second biggest section of the film is like is him and his uh, and his weird kids and um, and that he keeps trying to get in the the news media to uh, to cover him um, as he makes his uh, his bust, which, um, <laughs> which which well it does kind of go somewhere it doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> I think. That the story of his uh, his his daughter uh, hooks up with her boyfriend at the at the show and it gives us the uh, the topless scene of the film, um, an extended topless scene, and uh, but it, it, at the end when uh, when this they resolve that storyline that he's not going to be mayor, his his daughter basically gives the moral of the story. Uh, she she says yes. that she's glad he'll be around more because. Uh, she really hasn't been missing him, and she's uh, not getting proper uh, boundaries. So that's why she's acting out. Yeah, she's making poor decisions, and she needs yeah, to making stop. really poor decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and that's his fault because <laughs> you're not around, yeah, so I make bad decisions. <laughs> that explains. It's, it's like that's an after-school special, <laughs> and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that explains us wanting to throw Jack in the trunk. We, our, our parents weren't around enough. <laughs> Somehow yeah. I found that that family lacked depth. <laughs> well, there was a few that were there just for comic relief. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it's like it feels like it's trying to be American graffiti. Um, but like the characters aren't developed or likable enough. 
it's it's not wholesome enough to be American graffiti. <laughs> It's, it's not scungy enough to be another thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird because because it's it's like American you've got American graffiti on one side, dead end drive in on the other side, and I and I kept feeling like yeah. it was skewing more dead end drive in, <laughs> but then but then it would take a veering into American graffiti every now and then and and leave me completely off balance. All right, let's go to scoring. This is uh, in uh, in our search for the ultimate B movie. We rate each film in five categories, none of which are objective quality. The first category is called schlock appeal, and we start this down. I I will have to say that I think that we watch these in the right order, ultimately, because when you see Hard Rock Zombies and, and the, the glory that is Hard Rock Zombies, um, when you come, when you sit down to watch this to, to kind of see its, its lineage, as you said earlier, I think that you want... The, like the hard rock zombies, you're just reminded of how good it was, and so then the rest of it is kind of weird, and and it's it's like I'm really glad because I wouldn't have wanted this to spoil my viewing of hard rock zombies is ultimately where I'm going because this is really strange and there's some really good parts and there's some not so good parts, and so so I think that. You know, I'm glad that we watched it in this order, but at the same time, maybe it suffers because Hard Rock Zombies was so um, weirdly amazing. Um, I can only give this one a six. Um, yeah, the I think the shock appeal is there uh, with the rape, um, and it does it does have, <laughs> it, it does have that slimy like evil quality, but the rest of the film tonally is actually kind of enjoyable and uh, pleasant, other, other than this really gross subplot in there, or plot. Um, I think Nick has I a totally use, different but definition. I'm, I'm going to go with sex. It's like, what is your uh, definition of, slot, of schlock? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, when I, after I I watch a schlocky movie. I should feel entertained, number one, and number two, slightly dirty and bad about myself for enjoying the movie. Um, so just to get this straight, you are not pro-rape. I just want to confirm that from the way you made that sound. <laughs> I'm just saying it is an element of schlock. I, I think fair um, enough. I mean, the number of, to- number of movies we have now seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh-huh. I mean, you got to be. I, it's good that you've made him say it, though, because like that would definitely take him out of the running for mayor. Yes, uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> wow. You know, when I'm quiet, it's because I don't enjoy a film, and I, I didn't enjoy this very much. But I will say it has that teen. I mean, I've seen a million of these teen '80s sex comedies, and this is just another one. But those, by their nature, do have a, a schlock sheen to them. So this has that sheen, but uh, I'll give it a four. I think it's it's interesting when you talk about you know the the teen sex comedy. The thing that that I always find about the teen sex comedy is that no matter how annoying or or like you know standoffish or potentially jerky the the main characters are, you still feel for them and you still like them. That's at the heart of the best ones. That's always there, and I do think that that's the part that's kind of missing in this one. Yeah, that's a good point. I think. Yeah, I think uh, I think someone clear to cheer for because, like it, like it's like I said. I mean, it's it doesn't 
it doesn't develop anyone enough outside of like the two leads. And, uh, and I'm not and sure I like them. Movie. Yeah. And they're just in a whole other movie. Um, <laughs> so Stan, you mentioned that, uh, you know, having seen them in this order, where we saw hard rock first. Um, I, I'm also glad of that. Um, the, what, I think if we had seen them in the other order, we would have watched the other one. Uh, I think what I'm very curious about is, uh, from uh, from the rest of you is uh, is there enough in American Drive-In to understand what Hard Rock Zombies was even Ew, supposed no, to be? No, I don't think <laughs> so. That's not the point at all. The point is just to have a, something called Hard Rock Zombies, so that you know, so that the two old women can be watching it and be confused by the film. It just ran, yeah, because it's. I mean, it's pretty random images. Uh, it's it was funny seeing them in this context because. Stuff like the little person on top of the the of the cow is not something I remembered off the top of my head about Hard Rock Zombies, but then it becomes like really key in this. Um, and don't get me wrong, I mean it's it's another great chance to hear a lot of uh, Paul Sabu's awesome uh, soundtrack yes, work. Yes, indeed, we hear that song uh, almost in this almost as many times as we hear it in your Cassie in this like four times. Um, <laughs> Isn't it strange that I found it less grating in this film than I did the last one? Well, it's because of that drive-in sound. I mean, you've got the you've got the little tinny speaker. It adds to the ambiance. Uh, uh, I'm going to give a seven to this. Uh, I think uh, that it uh, it really captures a lot of the uh, the drive-in feel and some of the um, some of the characters that you know would would end up at the drive-in in this kind of waning time of the drive-in too, uh, mid eighties, uh, you know, starting to see the end of the drive-in, uh, more heart than budget. And, uh, no idea what the budget was. No clue. No, <laughs> this seems like, like it, it shouldn't. Uh, the thing but is, is that I am, IMDB says 10 million and I can't even imagine that that's correct. Come on that, that's, that, <laughs> even even that combined. Seems... Even if you combine the budget of the two, there's no way it's... I doubt it's a million between the two of them. Yeah, might yeah be, exactly. Might be, might be 10 million yen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those cases where, like, you know, the only thing that I can say is that it's got so much. Like, they tried to put everything into this movie. Like, at, at the expense of story, believe you me. But, like, it's it's like you want a character, like, they try to introduce them, drive it in, and then it, then they've introduced more. There's more people at this drive-in than you can imagine, and every trope and every stereotype. Um, but at the same time, like, there's not a lot of money because all you need is a drive-in and vehicles for the most part. Uh, so, so, really... Um, Go with a six. Um, I, I think Hart is a, actually a strong suit in this movie. I mean, the mere fact that they, you know, made another movie to sort of stick in this movie and then completed that movie as well. Um, everybody's hearts were in this. And I, actually, I have to say, there are no bad performances. There's, you know, problems with the whole movie, but performances in one of them i think this is high on the heart i'll go with an eight yeah i i can't go nearly as high guys i got a three uh i just and that is based solely on the scene where he gets the pop given to him that scene had heart 
but uh, other than that, I just I'm just like it's just generic '80s teen sex comedy, you know, for me. It just didn't do it. So three. Oh shit! Now we've lost Jim. Is he? Jim's just muted. Jim is just muted. Uh, I I think uh, much like American Graffiti, this is uh, this is a tribute to a specific time. Um, Like I said, it was it's uh, it feels like kind of the the end of we're about to see the end of that time as well. Like it it doesn't have as much nostalgia feel. Uh, I mean, American Graffiti was about a time that had already passed. Um, But this is uh, you know a, a type of movie that was about to disappear. Um, it was uh, a type of experience. I, I would love to have a drive-in right now. Um, I wish there was a drive-in anywhere close. Uh, a real drive-in, so, yes. Uh, yeah, like I, I, yeah, a drive-in type drive-in, not someone who's got an inflatable screen. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm up to an eight on this as well. What the fuck moments? This one's this one I I really struggled with. Um, ultimately because i think that when it when it all came down like there was moments where where i thought that it was kind of what the fuck but then it's it's like well no because the, like they're just introducing these characters and they're just going places i mean like there's there's fun like the um you know the guy the guy the projectionist oh they call this the greatest movie since uh, since the sound of music mm. <laughs> <laughs> things like that and they're right are, yeah, yeah, which I, I think are very funny. I mean, uh, you know, one of Phil Fondacaro's scenes is where he's writing down um, stuff in on a letter, which is really terrible and, and hilarious in its own right. But and it's interesting because in the reflection, you can actually see the end of a Revenge of the Jedi um, logo. Oh, yeah, I saw that, so yeah. yeah and and then to me like i thought that that really like the ending like the second that that you started like kind of act three and our and our lead um actress was on the uh on the scaffold in front of the screen with the gun and she was you know like basically making the four gang members fight each other to get over the fence or she was going to shoot one. I mean, and it took a totally different turn. Like that to me was what the fuck, because that was so out of place for the rest of the movie. But I don't think that there was a lot that struck out to me as like, as like, Oh, well that's very obviously what the fuck it's not, it's not dead heat and, and it's storytelling. It's, it tried a lot of things. It just didn't quite, you know, move the, move them along at the proper pace. I'll go with the six. Um. Yeah. Uh, I think six is about right. Uh, j- just the uh, the the main girl's motivation. I mean, I didn't ever get why she was a bitch at all. Like she was. She was, she was not in her right mind. It something was off, and you couldn't tell from this movie. Um, yeah, sex, it, weird elements, but not over the top. Um, what year was this again? Like eighty six, eighty five, eighty five. So nineteen eighty five. The lead uh, of the gang, his haircut, completely not what you'd be wearing in nineteen eighty five. 
Well, and that was what I mean, you know, when I talked about each of the gang members had this completely different look. One of them, the, like the brown gang member, absolutely did look like he belonged in, belonged in 1985. The rest of them, I think you had the 70s, the 60s, and the 50s that you were going for every decade. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty strange, uh, really, that, that, that haircut. So this, it's a strong WTF uh, on the haircut. And just this, this weird change from... Like even the one character who's who's like the comedy character of the gang, suddenly being serious in the rapey scene, just the, the rape scene in general, and then the final scene, so serious, the climax of the movie, uh, serious as a heart attack. Just that tonal shift is so strange. So I have to give it a six. Well, let's make it sixes across the board. I think uh, I don't think the WTF is strong in specifics um but the but yeah that that incredibly weird tonal mix uh just uh knocks it up so much for me um six indeed and uh memorable moments is the next category um oh gosh i i i think i'll just remember this for being the birthplace of hard rock zombies um i don't <laughs> think i'll actually remember any of it, honestly. So I'm going to have to probably go with a three. If I think of this movie again, it will be, ooh, I should watch Hard Rock Zombies. Isn't there another movie that's around, uh, that, that, that this was made with? Um, yeah, two. Yeah, you know what? When you say to me, American Drive-In... You know what the first thought that comes to my head is those two old women in the car. That's not going <laughs> to stick with me forever. <laughs> if that's the first thing I think of, uh, you know, and then I remember the guy who played the mayor or wanted to be the mayor. Like, that's about it. it it's just not sticking at all already. So a two. I, well, I'm, I'm the, the outlier here. I'm going to go all the way up to a five. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I, I think that uh, Phil, Phil Fondacaro is what I'll um, gonna mostly remember. It, of it's this. true. He's so and, brilliant. Uh, and I think that I think that Which when I watch, next watch uh, the little person who's yeah, uh, yeah. just that that's the, I mean that's the character that really warmed my heart and yeah. and uh, you know stole the show every scene he was in. Um, I, I know that there's going to be Most a, a next... he was by himself by the way where he's stealing the show. Yeah. 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 But it's, I mean, that's, but you don't, you didn't want to leave him. You didn't want to go off to any of the other characters. You wanted to, I just wanted to watch him for the whole, like, I wanted to watch him watching art. You know, if we, if we could have like a picture in picture, uh, like a mystery science theater type thing where he is in character watching himself in hard rock zombies, I, that'd be a thing. I would be completely doubtful about that. That would be <laughs> the most brilliant thing. <laughs> and just talking about him like he's the character in, in American Drive-In and stuff like that. I'm, I know, I know that at some point I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna leap into my mind the guy that is watching Hard Rock Zombies and clearly has seen it 15 times, and is saying all the lines right before they're said in the movie. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's it's so it's so quintessential. All of his friends just getting increasingly annoyed with for him for ruining literally every line of the film. <laughs> I just time. waxed the floor. <laughs> I liked 
I like the little uh, little callback to that at the end where he says another where he says a line right before a real person says something. Well, and there's so oh. much ties between like <laughs> the things that are going on in American Drive-In and then the scenes that they show in Hard Rock Zombies. It's there is they. There's and one yeah one of those shots that's gonna stick with me is the, is two guys the two guys who have problems with their girlfriends are having a talk by the swings and in the background are the two guys in the hard rock zombies one of them pouring his heart out to the other guy that he doesn't know is a zombie uh, they, <laughs> so the, the framing of it the the way that they're standing and then the, like they both exit the frame at the same time I think the problem <laughs> is if you could if you just took the 40 minutes that didn't encompass the main actors and their story arc for the most part I'd actually probably really quite like this movie I just don't like the A plot yeah I wonder how, I wonder what's what is the, the the least amount of that story that you can still have some sort of ending um, yeah. <laughs> Although maybe if the movie doesn't, if you never stop the film for the for the fight, then uh, you know <laughs> it's worth looking at. Uh, five. Um, our final category is crazy concept. Um, you know, you know, one of the things that that I had just noticed as we were talking is that on the IMDb in the user reviews, um, it, it, there's a one star review from 2004 that says, "Good For lord, a different film." Yes, <laughs> I thought that was just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> that is just like <laughs> talking about like a Hollywood movie with script assistants and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, that sure isn't American Drive-In. But uh, so so that that is a what the fuck that gets a good high score but uh, <laughs> but uh oh yeah from crazy concept i i think the craziest part of the concept is the fact that they decided to finish off making hard rock zombies after you know after they made this because this is so not really crazy at all this just has so many elements of things that we've seen before you got to keep in mind the hard rock zombies was made because they were having fun making it I don't know that they had as much fun making this. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's like, or, or or maybe they had a ton of fun making this. This could have been a lot of fun because there's so many different characters to to go and visit. There's so many different things. There's so many. They threw so much at the wall. I think the problem is for me is the is the viewer. There was too many elements that didn't didn't work. Um, but I think ultimately, as a drive-in movie, I kept thinking that I was watching Dead End Drive-in half the time. And and so that's you know enough of a problem for me, so I can only give this a four. You're not dissing uh, uh, Dead End Drive-In now, are you? No, no, because I actually think that it's Dead End Drive-In did a did a much better job of the nightmare element of a drive-in than this did. Like this, I felt like kind of wanted to go to that zone sometimes, but but it didn't want to leave the American graffiti side either. Uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're a crazy concept, right? Yep. Yeah, nothing crazy about this. We can, you can find other films doing this exact thing, uh, and they're probably better. So, two. Yeah, I, I was giving it a four. Um, I thought that they just the drive-in setting, basically. Other than that, the structure and everything else about the film, like you say. Typical teen comedy. So I was giving it a four. That's probably a little generous, but uh, I'll stick with it. 
I think uh, I, I think the DNA of uh, of uh, American graffiti is strong in this. Uh, I think that uh, I think you could pitch to a producer that you're going to film almost the entire thing uh, inside a drive-in on its downtime uh, is pretty. I, like, I think uh, I think that looks like saving money. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they spent the other uh, nine and a half million on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Michelob, maybe, they spent it on Michelob. Maybe they built the drive-in. <laughs> uh, I'm just, just going to say before I uh, close out the octagon here, uh, four is what I'm giving it. And uh, uh, the Sky Drive-In Theater uh, closed in 1994 after having been open since uh, 1959. Uh, its final movie was The Lion King, uh, and since 1996, it has been the Sky Village Swap Meet. Oh, okay, which which I feel like I've seen in in other movies of <laughs> like, like this, where <laughs> a drive-in that has a swap meet. I feel like that happened. I, I, I believe when we saw it, you said that was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes, because it seems completely ridiculous. But, <laughs> but it turns out it's a it's a large area with room for parking, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> right off of a highway. Uh, all right, so that gives us a final total of. 49 out of 100, which ties it with Son of Kong, King of the Kickboxers, Monolith Monsters, and Santa Claus. <laughs> that's that's a wide variety of uh, of stuff. But that's, that's quite that is quite a, a those five movies do not make any kind of marathon. No, I, I, no, no. In, in in fairness, I I think though that that American Drive In has elements of every movie at the same time. So. <laughs> Ah uh, yes, it was it was it was an odd one. Like, um, do you think that do you, do you think that it suffered more for having elements of hard rock zombies in it, or do you think that it was um, you know better because it it had those elements? I don't think it made any difference in this one. Uh, I, I do think you, comp- you compare it to the hard rock zombies, and it doesn't compare. But I don't think it made any difference having the the Hard Rock Zombies were such quick little clips that, you know, just looked like a B-film to, to somebody who's never seen it. I think uh, I think it's an interesting choice to do it that way because they could have taken any number of, um, of uh, public domain films, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and had them watching Giant Gila Monster or, or Plan 9 or something like that, that uh, – uh, but I think if they had done anything like that, um, I would have been trying to put together the, the story of that movie. Uh, and it was a weird experience that I knew what that movie was and kind of moved on from it. <laughs> I, I do wonder about if I had seen this one first, like what I would have thought the plot of Hard Rock Zombies was. Yeah, and, and if it would have like – you know, confused you seeing Hard Rock Zombies and seeing like the the fact that it was completely out of order in yeah. American Drive In, and suddenly you're watching it in order in Hard Rock Zombies, and it's like, whoa, wait, what? Well, you... and and keep in mind, I, I still don't know what the plot of Hard Rock Zombies. Well, is. no, no, and that's and and I mean that's just part of the part of the glory, um, you know, and and thankfully they didn't. They didn't really bring in the Hitler part uh, in American Driving. We saw a little bit of it, but it, but it was never the full reveal. And I think that that reveal never was... the full Hitler. That's uh that's usually a good 
<laughs> I find that to be a, a, a good, strong uh, way to go about films. Never, never go full Hitler. Never go full Hitler. Full it's like Hitler. in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jim, let's do some business. All right. Uh, we're the Cult Film Showdown. Welcome to the show. Uh, we are on Patreon. You can support the labor of love that we call the search for the ultimate B movies. And we're on YouTube where you can subscribe and eventually we'll can monetize that. If we just get a thousand or so more subscribers and they all watch all, listen to all the episodes over and over, uh, tell their friends, uh, we can, uh, we can maybe pay for access to, to like the re- to the, uh, the ad free version of YouTube. Uh, we're, we're sponsored by wetalkpodcast.com, the home of the Octagon. They have a Facebook and they have a Twitter. Excellent. They're, they're awesome. And so are we. But, uh, all right. So, season 17 enter the Octagon to Octagon Harder carries on next week with the second bananas first promote from within, uh, next season where we will be doing the movie Hot Stuff. So that I guarantee that that will be a different viewing experience than this. Um, I'm excited. I don't. I have no idea what that film actually even is. But Jerry Reed and Dom DeLuise. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah. No. Exactly. You picked the film. What do you mean you don't know what it is? I know it stars Jerry Reed and uh, Dom DeLuise. Uh, that's and good enough for like me. A comedy. I, it's I more don't... research than. Uh than he usually does. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Actually, I'm just impressed because he hasn't seen it. <laughs> that's that's also I mean I, I that's also a surprising thing. <laughs> and and the, we need well tell us by the end of the of next episode, Nick, if it enters the rotation. <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. the important I thing. Will. All right. <laughs> well, I want to get onto that to find out uh, that little little uh, tidbit there. So, does anybody have any reason we shouldn't leave? Nope. I do. Right. Yeah. Hey, if you like this, if you enjoy the show, enjoy the four of us. Want to support us on Patreon and all this and that. If you like the four of us, then I suggest you check out another show on We Talk po- Podcast called We Talk Comics. The names may be different, but the voices may be familiar. I don't know that show at all, so I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> I don't. Is I don't. The whole podcast about stand-up comics is that what it is? I, I, it is. I, I like comedy. So. Interesting, yeah. Comedy's yeah. fun. If they, they do, they have an episode about show Episcopal. Uh, <laughs> no, they're trying to. They're trying to have have listeners. <laughs> all right. Anyways. For Jim and for Jack and for Nick, I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and thanks for listening to the Cult Film Showdown.